Support for this episode and the following message comes from CRS Marble and Granite. CRS Marble and Granite was founded in 2005 and would quickly become the stone industry's standout supplier of exotic quartzite, granite, marble, as well as quartz. The official partner of LG Viaterra Quartz Service, made in the USA, has firmly established itself as a major international player. With a keen eye for quality, CRS is a company that prides itself on strict attention to detail when purchasing stone. That's why they offer personalized and professional service performed by dynamic salespeople. Their aim is to demystify and simplify your buying experience so that you purchase the absolute best stone for your lifestyle. Call 919-784-9282 or visit crsgranite.com to schedule an appointment or obtain more information today. podcast. Our topics this week are the Lakers winning the NBA championship, Le'Veon Bell signing with the Kansas City Chiefs, and two brothers, two picks for week six. And at the end, we have an interview with 2020 drive, chip, and putt tournament finalist, Saya Rumperside. But first, we talk about the NBA finals. So the Lakers beat the Miami Heat in six games. LeBron James won finals MVP, and the um, the Lakers ended up winning their 17th finals to tie the Celtics for all time. And the question we're mainly going to focus on is, does this secure LeBron James's legacy? And does it put him in the real conversation? As he was goes? already in the real conversation. But now is he even closer? Well, some people would say he's already been over. And now some people would say he's over. For me, I'm... He went. I know that LeBron's gone to ten, but losing six of them, not so good. And then um, MJ going to six, winning all six. I think six NBA Finals MVP. That's that's an accomplishment. So and he has more you, Finals than LeBron. Even though LeBron has more appearances, it doesn't matter. He's still lost. So, like if you were gonna say who's the better franchise, the Bills or the Cowboys? Cowboys have five Super Bowls. The Bills went to the Super Bowl four straight years and lost all of them. Wait, so what are you saying? Who do you think is the who, I think who I think it's still... I do think it's still MJ. And also, there is always going to be a little asterisk on this championship because of what happened um, with COVID and then all the stuff in this offseason and then the bubble and so much stuff. And um, also... Jimmy Butler, that team, if they can pick up someone good like Giannis and even Chris Paul type, they'll yeah, yeah. If they can pick up Giannis in free agency or something like that, then they'll be they might win the championship next year. I wasn't seeing this. I thought when Andre Iguodala went from the Warriors to the um, he, I thought that was such a leap back. It's actually that he was actually right. He went to the next title contender, and the Warriors got I think really close to the number one pick this year. But um. I think that Jimmy Butler just ran out of gas. He was playing amazing, but eventually when you're playing against AD and LeBron, it's you're not going to win that. And, yeah, we almost everyone expected the Lakers to win. Some people said sweep, whatever. It doesn't matter what you said. If you said Lakers, you were correct. And the Lakers, we know.
are an amazing team. And as we thought before, the Miami Heat are, are also a very good team. But they're they're not a match for the Lakers. And someone said on ESPN, the only way LeBron like could conquer and become the next um great player for the Lakers, he already is, but this was just someone's opinion. They said he has to have the Celtics as the rivals in the finals. Which makes sense. They both won seventeen. But anyway, we expected the Lakers to beat the Heat in this series, and it this, this that's exactly what happened. And some people said LeBron would win MVP, AD would win MVP. But if you watch the game before um, Adam Silver handed out the trophy, he said um, this: the winner of the Finals MVP will definitely have a trophy named after him one day. And whether he's he as good, as, I know then. whether he's as good as MJ or not doesn't matter. It all he's very good. And he has, he's already great, and he definitely, in most people's minds, has a shot at catching MJ for the go. Now we're going to talk about Le'Veon Bell signing with the Kansas City Chiefs, the defending Super Bowl champions. And you saw Patrick Mahomes' message. I think it was on Instagram or Twitter. He just posted a gif with the guy smiling. That is crazy. Le'Veon Bell, one of the best, if not the best running back, Fantasy and NFL in 2017. He was amazing. He left for the Jets, didn't play so good. But now on the Chiefs, with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, they're going to make an incredible pair, an incredible duo. All teams would actually watch out for them for real if they were on any other team, both of them. But they have Patrick Mahomes. So they're going to have to respect the pass. And that means that they're going to, I think they're going to run it a little bit more, catch these defenses for the next few weeks off and I think when you have Le'Veon Bell and you have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire that's really good the only part that could in my opinion the only part that needs that needs to be improved is linebackers and secondary except they they do have a good safety so corners and linebackers that's all they need and they're already gonna be a dynasty you can tell so you're saying you think this move is good for the Chiefs or good for Le'Veon Bell I I think that it is I think it's good for both, but Le'Veon Bell knew he wouldn't get as much. He Right now, all he wants is a ring. You can tell because he does not want... He, he could get the starting role in a bunch of other places. He went to the defending champs. If he had gone to other places where he got the starting role, he would, he would have got the starting role, but they probably wouldn't win the Super Bowl. Now with the Chiefs, they have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. They drafted him in the first round with their pick. So it's, so it's good So he for- just wants a ring, I think. So I think this was not a good move. Le'Veon Bell could be a starter for almost any team if they just... But he wants a ring. Yeah, I know. If they're in desperate need for a running back, which a lot of teams are, just let's say the Cardinals, they could use him because um, Drake is not performing as he did last season, the last few games when he was on the Cardinals. But I think the only reason they signed him is because they wanted... Um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire to have a mentor, not really a mentor, but someone to guide him and someone, because the first game he did so good, he had, I think, 130 yards, somewhere around that, and a touchdown, so he just hasn't got a touchdown since then, and that's not bad, but I think Le'Veon Bell is just there to help um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire become a better back, Um, but I do not think this is good for the... um, 
I don't think this is good for Le'Veon Bell. It's good for the Chiefs, but not for Le'Veon Bell because Le'Veon Bell only wants to win a ring, and he he could do that. He could become a starter, and he could make get he could have got paid a lot more, and the Chiefs don't need. So there's two sides to this, and it, depending on whatever side you take, it's it's not a bad deal, but I think Le'Veon Bell could have got better somewhere else. Now it's time for our weekly segment, Two Brothers, Two Picks. So this is for week six. Both of my picks are running backs this week. I actually have an honorable mention that I'll start with, but all three of these I think are going to do very good. They're all playing weaker um, matchups, so I think this will be um, a very good week for running backs in general. But my first pick is, um, I mean, my I'll start with my honorable mention. My honorable mention is Chase Edmonds. He is projected in PPR leagues 11.1, playing the Dallas Cowboys 15% boom percentage um, over 15 points. Um, his bust percentage is under 3, 19%. But Kenyon Drake, as I said in the last segment, our last segment, I said, has not been doing very good. So I think Drake eventually will take over the starting role. This week, Cow- the Cowboys are horrible against passing against um, backs out of, catching passes out of the backfield. Chase Edmonds is the main back that does that for the Cardinals. I think we'll have a huge game. Um, I think over 17 points, I think. Um, so if you have him, I think he's a flex consideration. Um, my second is Alexander Madison, um, the running back for the Vikings playing the Falcons. I think they're the third worst um, running defense in the league right now. And... The Vikings officially ruled out Dalvin Cook, so if you tried to trade for him or if you picked him up, however you got him, um, you're in good hands this week. And he has a 15% boom percentage of over 22 points, 19% of less than 6 points. So I think he will do also very good this week. And my last pick is, um, what's, what's his name? David Montgomery. David Montgomery is playing the um, Carolina Panthers, I believe. Yes, he is. Um, It's a 1 o'clock game. Projected 16.7 in PPR leagues, which is absolutely absurd. He's been projected 13 each week, and now he jumps up by 4 points. And granted, the Carolina defense is also not very good. I think they're even worse than the Falcons, maybe. Um, 12%, 19 points. A boom, 17, less than 4. So... I think Dave Montgomery will do very good. So, I think this is going to be a week for running backs, no matter who you have. Todd Gurley, anyone, Ronald Jones. And I think all running back, almost all running backs this week have a favorable matchup. So, my honorable mention is Chase Edmonds, and then my two picks are Alexander Madison and Dave Montgomery. All right, so, let's get this started. So, mine is going to be Jamison Crowder, one of mine. So, Jamison Crowder leads the Jets in catches and yards. But literally, he's played three games. He's the most unappreciated player in fantasy football this season, um, Field Yates is saying. And in his first game against Buffalo, who has a really good defense, he scored 24.5 points. Now in his second game, which was week four against Denver, 17.4 points. His fifth game last week, 25.6 points. One touchdown against Arizona, who's one of the, they have one of the best defenses. Now he has boomed 
twice out of the three games he's played and busted none. Now his average, his average is like it's through the roof. I think it's like twenty three yeah, points, something right? Something like that. It's like twenty one points, twenty two point five points. It's crazy. He would do way better if he played all the games. If he, yeah, he's if going he to be healthy. really good. He's he's literally the only good Jets wide receiver. There is literally zero other people who are good on the Jets, and they just lost Le'Veon Bell, who still gets some touches and passes and stuff. He wasn't doing that good either, though. And his lowest was seventeen point yeah. four points. He is so underrated, and he's on a lot of waiver wires. He's only rostered in eighty eight point three percent of leagues, and that just spiked up. So try to get him if you can. And they're playing Miami. The only thing is, I don't know how Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco gave him his best game last week. Last week. 26 points. Yeah, 26 PPR. points. Full his point best PPR. game. So I think that Joe Flacco will do good with him, but I don't know. Maybe it's just a one-week thing because Sam, Don- um, yeah, Sam Donald got ruled out. Now, my second player is going to be Robbie Anderson. So Robbie Anderson is playing Chicago, who does have a pretty good – um, they have a pretty good D, but um, against Air, well, he's got twenty five point four points, seventeen point nine, ten point five, seventeen point nine, nineteen point five. So you can see he's back on the rise. He's boomed twice out of five, but it should be way more. And his average points are eighteen point two. So consistently getting you over sixteen is crazy. Now he's playing Chicago, but against he's been playing good defenses. He's hit 100 yards three times this season. Should be four because he got against Arizona. I'm not counting this game. He got eight receptions for 99 yards. So four out of the five games, we'll say. Four out of the five games, 100 yards. That's so absurd. And he's only got one touchdown in one of those games, which is showing that if he just gets a touchdown, he'll go up to like 27 points. And he does score touchdowns. He, The only reason DJ Moore, he would have got those deep, that deep pass but DJ Moore was more op- open, and Teddy Bridgewater had the choice. He gave it to DJ Moore because it was an easier throw, and the rest is a touchdown. But he is going to do really good. He has an 18% chance to get over 20.4. If I were you, I would definitely – now he's um, – Robert Anderson is rostered in 93.8 leagues, so a little bit harder to get him. But when I first started saying him, he was like 50%. This is a guy you need to get. And you also need to get Jamison Crowder. Both have been consistently getting you high points, especially Jamison Crowder with over 20 points consistently. I would get Jamison Crowder or Robbie Anderson. And now, our interview with Drive, Chip, and Putt finalist, Saya Rumpersad. Saya Rumpersad is a current 8th grader at Durham Academy in North Carolina. At Durham Academy, she competed at the varsity level for golf in her first year being eligible, which was seventh grade. During that same year, Saya also qualified for the Drive, Chip, and Putt Tournament, which is held in the same club, Augusta National Golf Club, that the Masters are held. Currently, Saya is a key member of the Durham Academy varsity golf program and has helped them start the season 3-0. She is definitely someone to watch out for on the golf course and a force to be reckoned with. Saya, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. So tell us, how did you get into golf, and what are your early memories? Uh, well, my dad introduced me to golf, and when he would 
take me out to the range after school, um, like once or twice a week, and that's where I learned how to play and started to have fun with it. And at what point did you decide that you wanted to get serious about golf? Um, when I started playing tournaments competitively, I really liked competing with other people. And, yeah. Then I started to play tournaments around 9 or, like, 10. And how is competing in tournaments? Because you have to balance your schoolwork and homework while also competing, which I read a tournament is, like, six hours for golf. Yeah, it is. Sometimes it's really hard, but um, along the way, you just learn how to manage your time, like, doing your work whenever you can. And for school, sometimes even on the bus. Talk us through your daily routine and how you train every day. Um, well, during the school year, during golf season, I would usually go to school and then we would have golf practice. And then um, I would probably go home and do my homework and all that. And then during, um, not during golf season, I would still go to school and then do golf after school. And then during the summer, um, it's just golf tournaments all the time, like one or two a week. And then um, if I don't have a tournament, then I'd be golfing for a couple hours a day. Tell us about your interview with WRAL News and how it came about. Um, well, when I qualified for the Drive, Chip, and Putt National Finals, um, they emailed us and wanted to do an interview um, at our home course, which is Hope Valley Country Club. And um, so they just wanted to interview me before the National Finals. Thing. Um, basically, was, they were asking me questions like what you're asking me now. Oh, that's cool. And how does training at Hope Valley in that golf course help better prepare you for any tournaments that you're in? Well, it helps me because Hope Valley is a hard course. The greens are really hard. Um, and so after practicing on Hope Valley, other courses seem um a little easier and then in april of 2020 you were scheduled to compete in the prestigious drive chip and putt tournament which we referred to earlier but covid19 came along and became a pandemic for our listeners can you explain what that tournament is um yeah it's just a competition um you just hit in the for the qualifiers you hit three drives, three chips, and three putts. And it's whoever gets the most points. So for the drive, it's whoever can hit it the furthest and straightest gets more points. And then chipping and putting, it's whoever gets it closest to the hole, you get more points. And for the, there's four rounds. The first round, the top three people make it. The second round, the top two. And the third round, the top one goes to the finals. And in the finals, only one person wins. When you heard that you were going to compete in that tournament, what was running through your head? Um, 
Well, it, it's not like a real golf tournament, so I was just saying, like, this is for fun. It's okay if you don't do great, but it would be really cool if you did. What are some of the places that golf has taken you besides that amazing um, tournament? Um, well, my family likes to travel a lot, so we've been to Scotland for golf and Japan, but for tournaments, like all around the country, Arizona, Florida, California, places like those. And then there's also a lot of local tournaments in North and South Carolina and Virginia. That's amazing. What are your, what are some of your dreams or goals that you hope to achieve in your golf career? Um, well, I really want to play in college. And if I'm able to, then the LPGA, which is the professional league for women. What advice would you give to younger kids aspiring to be golfers like you? Um, just keep practicing. There's going to be a lot of tough times where you are not able to hit the ball or, like, you're not getting better. Um, just keep practicing and keep going. Golf takes a lot of time and effort. Saya? Thank you so much for joining us today. We had a great time talking to you about your golf career thus far, and I'm sure that the advice you gave at the end will guide and inspire many of our listeners. We wish you the best of luck going forward, and have a great rest of your day. Thanks, you too. As a reminder, this episode and the following message comes from CRS Marble and Granite. CRS Marble and Granite was founded in 2005 and would quickly become the Stones Industry stand-up supplier of exotic quartzite, granite, marble, as well as quartz. The official partner of LG Viatera Quartz Surface, made in the USA, has firmly established itself as a major international player. With a keen eye for quality, CRS is a company that prides itself on strict attention to detail when purchasing stone. That's why they offer personalized and professional service performed by dynamic salespeople. Their aim is to demystify and simplify your buying experience so that you purchase the absolute best stone for your lifestyle. Call 919-784-9282 or visit crsgranite.com to schedule an appointment or obtain more information today. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of the Two Brothers in Their Sports podcast. Hopefully you guys can pick up my fantasy football, um, two brothers, two picks, or my brother's two picks, and um, just leave a review on Apple Podcasts or on our website. You can contact us from our website. You can rate us from Apple Podcasts. Um, I think there's a feature in Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. So thanks again for listening, and until next time, we're the two brothers in their sports. Yeah.